You're listening to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, Episode 50. Welcome to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Atmosphere makes up one-third of the education we're giving our children, and that atmosphere should be convivial, full of life, joy, festivity, and peace. In this season, Season 9, I'll be chatting with a few other moms about tricks of the trade for managing the atmosphere and chaos inherent in homeschooling a crowd. In this episode, Virginia Lee Rogers and I kick off the new season with a chat about how to keep track of what needs to be done while homeschooling. All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about keeping track of what needs to be done. If you have multiple children and multiple subjects to teach, and that's pretty much all of us, then um, we have a lot to keep track of and a lot to make happen. So I thought that we'd um, talk about different methods and strategies for keeping track of all that stuff. So how do you keep things straight in an average homeschool day? (laughs) Well, I think my biggest battle in that is honestly just myself. Um, I... I have a lot I want to get done in a day and a certain way I'd like it to happen by a certain time. (laughs) And and so I really have to spend a lot of time just thinking about, okay, what are the underlying principles for my day and for these people, you know, that God's gifted me with before I think about, you know, how to manage everything. Um, So I just spend a lot of time reminding myself that my children are born persons. Uh, being Charlotte Mason homeschoolers, that is one of the key philosophies of Charlotte Mason and principles for our home. And so just whatever method I employ, I have to remind myself, okay, am I respecting that fact that my children are born persons? It's not about, you know, getting X number of things done by a certain time. Um, right. And that's Um, just keeps me from sort of steamrolling over everybody. You know, whatever you use to keep track of your daily stuff and make sure your daily things are going to happen, you know, we have to know what is is our reason, what is our goal, you know, for doing all of this. You know, we want our children to learn to care rightly about things, you know, to serve their family and to be good stewards of their time and to, you know, have a joyful, you know, personalities through it all. So I I think even just when we're thinking about what we're going to use, you know, we have to be really aware of, okay, how am I modeling this? And the Mm -hmm. things that I'm, yeah, that I'm choosing to balance with, is it, is this stuff that's me poking and prodding them through the day or rewarding them because they want marks and prizes? Or, you know, am I allowing, you know, natural consequences, you know, the good and the bad? that kind of thing. So I I guess that's my biggest thing. I feel like there's a lot of different ways to manage how you're going to juggle everything in a day for yourself and your kiddos. But the most important part is to really think about what is my vision? What is my goal here? Who are these eternal souls, you know, in my home and what I choose to use? Is it respecting that? Right. And even how I'm implementing it. Yeah. Oh, yes. See here, I, I'm thinking about, okay, what, how am I going to organize this? Right. <laughs> but if yes. You, and if you don't, if you don't know why you're doing each of those things on the checklist, then you really don't know how to prioritize. So you, you really have to start from that. Why? Why are you doing each thing? Why are the things prioritized the way that they are? And why are you keeping track you know, and why are you managing the way you're managing? When you know those things, I think it allows you to be flexible. Mm-hmm. 
Especially when you're not having an average day because, I mean, let's face it, that's probably not the norm of what happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah, Average is to not have an average day when you have multiple different ages and people and, you know, so I guess, I mean, I I feel like I can say, okay, this is what we do in our house. But sometimes I worry about that because then I think people think, oh, well, let me see your checklist. Let me see what timer or something, if you're using something like that you're using, but, you know, that's not really... I mean, those things are helpful to see of other people's, but I just... Right. That's not really the best place to start. You know, you can't just adopt someone else's strategies and methods or like the way that they're doing it, the little things that they're doing and get the same results because it's really those underlying principles and the why. Mm -hmm. And they're remembering who our children are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think we all, you know, a a big thing in my home, and I'm sure it's the same in yours, is having a good daily flow. Um, And I have to have mine written down so that I don't go off on some type of rabbit trail, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, So that's one of the ways that we manage our day is, okay, I know what my daily flow actually is. I've tested this daily flow out. I have it written down. Other people in my home than just myself know what the daily flow is supposed to look like. Yeah, I think that was huge for me when I moved that, like first this, then this, then this, this happens after this. When I moved that from my list only to the family whiteboard, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I had, once I had readers, that helped tremendously. And part of it was even just accountability for me because I could see it on my list and I'm the only, then it's like, I'm only accountable to me and I'm sitting there negotiating with myself on whether yes. or not we're going to do that. When it's on the board and other people are seeing, even if it's just the kids, then the kids know, you know, mom's just actually winging it, <laughs> which is usually not good. <laughs> well, and then we can't reason in our own heads about how it's okay to actually not follow this daily flow and do this other thing instead, because I can really do that with myself. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes. And it's very obvious when I'm letting my, myself reason myself out of what I should be doing mm-hmm. and then getting mad at them if they try to do the same thing. It's, <laughs> yeah, you know. They don't let you be a hypocrite, do they? <laughs> Children are really great for not letting you be a hypocrite. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So that that was a that is a big thing I think just for peace in our whole home is having a daily flow that everybody's aware of, um, and then um, a big thing for me this year has been um, well I, we always make our daily flow around certain anchors in our day, but with the the more kids that I get in school plus still having you know babies and toddlers a big thing for me this year because I am juggling so many balls and my mind is in so many different places is just having some alarms set in my phone to remind myself of those anchors. So I don't mean that I'm timing myself, but more just like, okay, morning time alarm in my phone so that I can remember, oh yeah, I don't let time get away from me. Yeah. It's so easy for that to happen. I think one of the ways I've been using alarms more this year also, thanks to Don and Garrett. <laughs> Even just, we do some three days a week, we're doing something with other people. That has become an anchor in our school day because people are showing up at our house at a certain time. So it's like, if these people are showing up at this time, I've got to be ready. And if morning time is going to happen, it's got to happen by this time. So it kind of shifted where it was easy for me to talk myself out even of those alarms if I had them. And so I stopped using them for you know a while because I tried it 
and I just stopped listening to the alarms. Oh yeah, I just kept pushing, turning on. Yeah, off. just. <laughs> oh look, yeah. I was supposed to start morning time, but I'm not ready, so I'm going to turn that off, and we'll do it, you know, in 15 minutes. But then we don't. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Oh yes. Having a reason why we have to get started at that time, and other people, you know, accountability of some kind with other people or it makes other a classes. Big difference. It mm -hmm. does because now it's not just I'm making this up. And so if I just made it up, I can say that, well, we don't have to do it that way today because I'm just going to make it up today. But And I think especially when you have older kids in the mix, you know, right. we having that accountability of doing stuff with other people um, at least helps me. I, I have a nature group that I lead on Wednesdays and I purposely started one because I was letting nature study just fall through the cracks. Yes. And I thought, you know, my older kids only have a certain time left with me. I can't let things fall through the cracks and think, okay, well, we'll just get on this next year. You know, it's different when all your kids are under nine. Once you start having adolescence and, and you have high school student already, I, I don't even have that yet. But I just thought, no, I'm going to need some people to keep me accountable. So I started that nature group. And now Every, even everything else in the week, and like you were saying, in order to make that nature group happen, I must get these other things done. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. just kind of a mindset shift that's that's helpful when there are other people involved. <laughs> well, even just in house routines, you know, there are people coming oh, over yeah. here, and you know, yeah. <laughs> it needs to look a certain way. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, if we didn't have a nature study group, we would not be doing nature studies. So, so it's like, yes, you want to do a nature study group? We'll come. <laughs> Let me put it on my calendar and it'll happen. And I, I think not just for us, but that works for the kids too. They know oh, their yeah. friends are coming. They know that there's going to be a time in our nature study group where everyone shares their nature journals and they don't want to be the only kids that don't have anything to share. <laughs> you know? So it's great accountability for them as well, even more than just mom. Yes. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's good to have that. And then of course I have my own checklist and my kids who can read, um, all have a checklist for themselves. And, um, that's another way that we, you know, juggle throughout our day, what needs to be done, especially I have some kids that are, are just a little bit better than others about ordering their own time. And so those checklists are really great for them to feel like, okay, I have the freedom to know this is what needs to be done in the day and I can order my time in this way. And then for the kids who can't order their time at all, <laughs> you know, I can tailor their checklist to be more like, okay, now you're going to do this and now you're going to do this so that they can learn how, how to right. do that. So we had a half of a term this year where we were using checklists one way and that was a major fail, just a complete bomb. And then I was so discouraged from the fail that I just didn't fix it. I just mm -hmm. took checklists away for the rest <laughs> of the term. That doesn't work. <laughs> so, and I know better, but I just let my discouragement and my stubbornness from wanting something to work that didn't, yeah. you know, get in the way. And it just came to show me again how important, you know, those checklists are to keep your day running. Yes. And and there are different ways to do it. So I think you have to know as the mom what each child should be doing, but they have to know too, because if, you know, if you have just have one student and they're coming to you, what should I do next? You know, you can handle that. But once you have like three, four people and at different intervals, they, they have to come to you to find out what's next. And some of them probably aren't coming to you. <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> They've gone off and they're drawing yeah. or they're jumping on the trampoline because. <laughs> well, and I think that the checklist also, the great thing about that is it keeps you 
you can organize them where your older independent learners can be busy doing something when you're working with your younger kids and it keeps interruptions from happening where Mm -hmm. they shouldn't happen. It keeps people knowing this is how much I have left in my day. I mean, it really fell apart when we weren't using checklists and we were getting certain things done very well because we've just been doing this long enough. But then there were so many other things that weren't getting done at all. Because even just having, okay, what people are supposed to read next written right there, you know, you don't have the decision fatigue. Right. Um, and so it was a silly thing to have done. Um, but it was another good reminder of even if you've been doing this a really long time, you still need, you need it written down somewhere. Mm-hmm. And even like we had one checklist method that was working for us for a while. And it started becoming clear that this wasn't necessarily the best way, but mm-hmm. it's like, but it's been working for a year. So how could you it not work anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to redo and come up with a new checklist way, but but we did and it's been better. So I think just perseverance, just because checklists one way haven't worked, doesn't mean there isn't another way to do it that will work. And I think the thing to also remember is because a checklist works for you as mom doesn't mean that will work for your children. So I keep a checklist a certain way for myself mm-hmm. that works really well, but my kids need something different. And oh, yeah. I know I, you know, and that's okay because right. they're kids, <laughs> they're not adults, you know, so it's not a one size fits all thing either. I'm not saying that you have to gear everything for every single personality in your home necessarily, but it takes some tweaking and some trying out and you probably have to redo that every single year. So yeah. I, I don't think it's something we can just check off our checklist. Oh, boom, checklists are done for our family for all time. This is the way we will always do it. (laughs) Which is what I would really love to be able to do. (laughs) But it does not work. (laughs) Plus, it it also keeps you as mom from being a nag from being the person that's like, have you done this? Have you done this last? I mean, it's it's you can just say, what does your checklist say? And now they've got to go figure out, okay, you're not just poking and prodding them constantly into doing what they're supposed to do. Because no one wants to nag for a mother. (laughs) So, um, But yes, I I think I don't know, Misty, in your house, what age kids are when when I when you feel like they just know, okay, this is how my checklist works and this is what the daily flow looks like. But I feel like we didn't see that until like with my oldest when he was 10. Yeah. I felt like that 10 year old year, I thought, oh, I mean, I still had to check everything. Oh, yeah. Because he's human. Yeah. I have to check it for a 14 year old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I didn't have to tell him anymore. What right. does your checklist say? What does your checklist say? Right. He just looked at it and used it. I think that 10 is a pretty good, like by 10, they should, pro- if it's been a few years of training, then by about 10, they are probably just looking at their checklist on them. <laughs> Which is so nice because then you see that fruit that's being born. Yeah. But I, I think it's just a good reminder to ourselves that it does take quite a bit of time. That was an eye opener for me was that, okay, it wasn't even just one year of teaching them this. It did take longer than that. And even so, no matter what their age, you do have to be making sure Mm -hmm. that they're doing it. Well, and I think the good thing to remember with that is we're the same way. I have a checklist and there are times when I don't use it. (laughs) I know what my checklist says because I wrote it. And I can still make the decision not to use it. And so I think if as adults, you know, we can do that, then how much more can our children, you know? Well, and I think that's the right mentality when approaching it because we are people and they are people. 
So this is just the mm-hmm. way of life. Instead of seeing it like now the checklist must be broken or my child must be broken. It's like, yeah, they is. He is. You are. We all are. We all are broken. Yep, we exactly. just have and to repent, repent and, and yep, move forward. And I think the, the one last thing I would say about checklists is to remember that they're tools to help you get to a certain point. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not the goal. The, the checklist completed is not the goal. The daily flow perfectly executed is not the goal. They're tools to help you reach the goal. And you definitely need tools, but just to always be remembering in our minds that it's the people that God's entrusted us with and our own sanctification that's most important. And these tools are great, but mm-hmm. so true. everyone's tools will look a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect thought to end on right there. So yeah. So thank you. This has been great. Thank you for listening to the Convivial Homeschool audio blog. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes and sign up to get an email whenever a new one comes out. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or share this podcast on Facebook. Thanks. Remember, education starts with humility. So let's repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.